This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. I'm your host, Kevin, and I'm with my wonderful co-host, Justin. Justin, how are you today? I'm Well, I'm wonderful, apparently. Thank you, Kevin. Happy to be here. Is the adjective for you. <laughs> um, special week this is, week three. I made a promise to our wonderful listeners last week that I would have internet. I have internet yep. with a good microphone. Yep. Less We're echo. so much better now. I don't sound like I'm in a garbage bin. Well, no, I mean, now you sound like you're in a garbage truck, but that's okay. Well, I you mean, know. It's, it's an upgrade. I'm moving up, moving on up in the world. <laughs> I went from the bin to the truck. Um, but it's good. I feel good. You know, I feel good. I feel good about this week. Uh, I feel good about this episode. I think we're going to have a fun episode today. Um, I was right again last week. <laughs> we had to start with that, didn't we? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I I just have a hot hand. I don't know what I, I don't know what else I can say. Um, I guess I'm a college football guru. Some might say. I think we should call your your picks the prime picks. Like you've got that <laughs> prime touch right now, buddy. And I'm a big Coach Prime guy. Yeah, you know, I like it's it's very punny. Me and Coach Prime with the prime picks only for college though. NFL, I'm not good. Bad okay. week. You still, I mean, overall, you still beat me. So, so just quick recap on the pub dubs. Um, of course, we'll get back to this at the end of the show. I know it's everyone's favorite part. The prognostication, all of our predictions, us telling you what to bet the mortgage on. You love it. Um, you would have won. You would have won this time. <laughs> uh, Kevin in week one went five and five. I went three and seven. In week two, it all hinged on the Bills and Jets. And even despite Aaron Rodgers playing 75 seconds for the <laughs> New York Jets, somehow Josh Allen played the worst game I've ever seen him play on Monday Night Football, and the Jets prevailed. Therefore, Kevin went 6-4, and four, and I went 4-6. and six. We would have gone 5-5, five and five, both of us, if the Bills had pulled that out. So, But you got that one. So you can't... You can't totally poo-poo on your NFL games because you did you did just fine. You did good enough to win the week again. Dude, I completely forgot that I even picked the Jets. You did. You um, said that on Monday night under the lights in New York, there was no way that they were going to lose. And turned out you were right in overtime, but you were right. Yeah, a win's a win, baby. Um, yeah, I want to start there real quick. I just want to touch on Aaron Rodgers. That was crazy. <laughs> and that's all we have to say about that. That no, was crazy. That was insane. Um, so I knew if you've watched football or really sports for any length of time, you sort of know when an injury is going to be really bad because it looks like nothing happened. Um, mm-hmm. Well, in, in terms of like tears, like uh, tendon tears and, and things like that. Um, it, it happens a lot with ACLs. Um, I mean, it got last year famously got Hendon Hooker on a no contact cut. He tore his ACL Um, against Virginia. There was a defensive lineman that like tore two ligaments in both of his knees celebrating a fumble recovery. Um, So these kinds of things happen. Of course, those I mean, those looked a little different. But when Aaron Rodgers, like he shook his head and he just sat down, I was like, this is going to be a lot worse than it looks. 
I just knew it. And I don't know. Did you did you watch the slow mo zoom in of his calf muscle when he took that step? No. So I was watching the game, but yeah. as soon as that happened, and this is why I said I forgot I picked the Jets. I just started laughing. <laughs> I mean, I was like evil maniacal laughing i was like holy shit (laughs) because my cousin is a big mets fan okay and they have the edwin diaz injury in the world baseball classic that like tanked their season well for the last like two months all i've heard about is aaron Rodgers and the jets he's a big jets fan and i'm like dude (laughs) i mean i called him immediately i was like buddy who you like for basketball because i can't i just want to make sure that i stay away from them boom yeah, yeah. Please don't say you like the Knicks. Um, so it, yeah, that was, I mean, wild, yeah. wild. My favorite part was the, the panning of all of the Jets fans, oh. in attendance, and just well, can like you imagine. Can you imagine? Like thinking about like Jets fans, they were tailgating all day long because they're like, this is it. This is our season. And you know what? If Aaron with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, it, it proved true. The defense looks great. Um, again, I think part of it was Josh Allen. I don't know what was going on with him, but the defense looks great. Um, if they had even a semblance of a quarterback, this is a probably a, a team that's in easily in playoff contention. So the Jets are fired up. This is their year, and then four plays into the offensive drive. It's it's insane. It's crazy. And the first pass was a nice pass. It was. I mean, it was a good pass. It was a dot. It was a first down. It was. A, I think it was like a 17-yard gain. And I was like, oh, buddy, the Jets are about to run rampant on them. And I'm the Jets fans are going to be unhinged. Yeah. And they were unhinged, but for a different reason. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to take the time to wish a speedy recovery to Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I think he's coming back next year. He's under contract. So, um, yeah, he says he will. Now, the the big impact here is, of course, the trade implications, because since he is out for the season, what this means is the Packers are entitled to a second round pick instead of a first round pick next year. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Is that, that is. Uh, interesting you know ruffle in that trade it kind of works out for the jets i guess but i mean i don't know man i mean maybe zach wilson will shine he didn't look from what i saw he didn't look terrible monday night well, I mean, they still won the game <laughs> dirt <laughs> yeah 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 and i think i'm pretty sure he had an interception and a fumble um but i mean they won against a much better bills team but uh just a wild Monday night football game. I mean, you got the, it was September 11th. You had the whole big thing. Uh, it being in New York, you had, you know, I've told a bunch of my Jets friends, fans, friends. Um, you got that cool moment of Aaron Rodgers running in with the American flag. I mean, that was really cool. <laughs> that that would have been the only way this could have been wilder. As he's running in with the American flag, he tears his ACL or something. Like I that. would have died laughing <laughs> <laughs> and i don't even not like aaron Rodgers, but i would have died oh, i know I got, well i'm not a huge aaron Rodgers guy but i don't wish you know season-ending injuries on anybody really right um so it, it was tough to see but that would have been funny and he does you're right he says he's gonna come back we'll see this is tough he's he's what 38 39 yeah i think he's 38 he'll just take 40. another 
eight month darkness retreat. No big deal. Yeah. He'll be fine. But he tore his Achilles. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how he's going to come back from it, but we'll see. A lot of ayahuasca. I hope that he does. He deserves a better ending to his story than that. So he does. He does. He does. I think he will. Um, it'll just be interesting, you know, see what the Jets do. That'd be a fun topic for us to keep talking about as the season goes along. But I kind of want to get into another little bit of a recap yeah. uh, this week. I mean, the NFL was kind of boring, to be completely honest. Um, besides that Monday night game, everybody was hyped out about a Sunday night football game, and that game was over in the first quarter. I was a laugher. Um, that was ugly. We a bad couple of nights. <laughs> that was ugly. Um, and then even like the Browns-Bengals game that everybody was hyped up about, even that one was ugly. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, none of these games were really that great this weekend. Um, but what was great was watching Alabama lose Saturday night. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, yeah, Texas went into Tuscaloosa and pretty much gave it to Alabama the majority of the evening. The one, I think the final score was 34 24. I think they won by 10. Yeah. Um, just a. I, I, let's, let me tell you a story. Let's hear a story. I had I'm a six leg blanket and have a little. I'm going to have a little hot chocolate while you, you want some me. hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a six leg parlay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like a $1 bet or something like that to win $59 or something. It was, I mean, it was pretty decent odds, right? The first four legs of the parlay hit. I'm like, okay, I'm mm. feeling pretty good. Mm. Alabama and Texas is playing, and Oregon is playing. Um, Oregon's the other game against Texas Tech. The last two legs were Alabama and Texas on over 52, and Oregon to win by six and a half against Texas Tech. When I look at the app, it is the beginning of the third quarter of the Alabama Texas game, and the score is like 13 to 3 or something like that. Like it was a low scoring game. And Oregon's up by three. So I have a cash out option of like, you can go ahead and cash it out for, I think the payout was like $2.18. It's like, okay, well, let me go ahead and take my money and whatever. You know, I made a dollar and 18 cents, whatever. Don't spend it in one place. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, I'm sitting here and I'm watching the game. My niece comes over with her boyfriend and her two sisters. And I'm watching the game, like side-eyeing it. And all of a sudden, just bang, 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 bang. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. And I'm just like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And I turned the game. And I, and that's exactly what it was. It was Texas was scoring on a long touchdown. Alabama would answer right back. Texas would score. Alabama would answer right back. Then Texas would score two touchdowns. And I was like, what? And Texas ended up, you know, the over ended up hitting. And I was, so I was pissed off about that. I was happy that Alabama lost, but I was pissed off that I lost my, that I cashed out early. Well, then the Oregon Texas Tech game ends with Oregon was up by three and Texas Tech runs some stupid ass like leaf flicker you know, Statue of Liberty type, throw it around the field. And Oregon intercepts it and runs it into the end zone to cover the six and a half. I was like, oh my God. I was like, buddy, I mean, you don't, you don't hit six egg parlays very often. 
and to have it hit and I cashed out and only made a dollar and 18 cents when I could have made 50 bucks was sickening. But it made it better to see the Crimson Tide lose. Um, shout out my guy, Quinn Ewers, a phenomenal game. And I, I think I made the point last week that if Ewers wouldn't have gotten hurt in the game in Austin, I think they would have won. And uh, I mean, he stayed in the field this time, and they won. Um, what What do you think about the game? I was surprised. I really was. I, I didn't think that Alabama would end up getting sort of, you know, pushed around the way that they did. I mean, I know it was sort of a back and forth game, but I, I do sort of feel Texas was in control, um, even when it was close. Like you said, you weren't sold on Jalen Milrow as Alabama's quarterback. And, you know, he, he didn't have, he didn't have a, a Quinn Ewers a game. You know, he, he threw two touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions. And, um, I was actually looking, so he threw for two fifty five. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like one, two, three, four, five of his receivers had a catch that was over 25 yards. So that's 125 of his passing yards in five passes. I mean, you, you, and that's still impressive. Like that's a, that's Mm -hmm. a nice average, an average of 9.4 per pass, but I don't know. I think you may be right. I think he may be, he's no, he's no Bryce young. And, and I think what Texas showed us is that Alabama, um, might have some chinks in the armor. Um, I, I wouldn't take this game to be like, I'm sold that Texas is a, national championship contender now but i mean maybe maybe they do deserve to be in that conversation i don't know yeah i think i think that they do i think a lot of that will depend on how alabama does next week against ole miss um this week they play at usf so i don't anticipate that to be a very telling game I want to see how Alabama bounces back because this is like the earliest they've lost in a long time yeah. in the Saban era. And I want to see if they're able to bounce back, if they can handle Ole Miss and then the beef of their schedule, um, you know, it kind of picks up with SEC play. Mm-hmm. If they lose to Ole Miss, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go eight and four. Ooh, I could four, see four losses would be I I don't know how old Nikki Saban would handle such a thing. Yeah, I could see them having a I believe it was like an early Nick Saban year where they ended up going to like the Sugar Bowl or uh it was one of his earlier years they went 8 and 4 and they played Michigan State in the bowl game. Mm, yeah. And and I mean I could see I could see something like that. If if they lose to Ole Miss, I think if they lose one more game, because you know realistically, you lose one more game, your your playoff chances are are done. Yeah, um, especially this year. I don't think anybody's getting in with two losses this year, um, even if it is Alabama. And so I think that you know if 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 they slip up again, that mentality that Alabama's had always of playoff or bust. 
kind of creeps in a little bit and they're just like, all right, well, this season's a wash. Just screw it. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of Alabama fans are calling for calling for Melrose job. So I want to see what happens there. How long before they might switch to Tyler Beckner, who I think is a better quarterback. He's a transfer from Notre Dame. Um, of course, like shocking, right? <laughs> um, I do think he's a better quarterback, though. Um, so I want to see what happens, how long they ride with Melrose. But the other big game, the other big game this weekend was uh, Miami taking care of Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, by a score of 48-33. Somebody else said that Texas A&M was going to lose to Miami. Oh, I wonder who that was. That? Gee, <laughs> I don't remember. But I will say this. I, I, I mean, now that the question comes in, is Miami that good or is maybe Texas A&M not that, not that good? Um, I think it could be, it's, it's hard for me to sit here and say right now, winning by 15 points is impressive. They were at home. I don't think Miami's taken that big of a step. So maybe, maybe Texas A&M, it's going to be another one of those disappointing years for Jimbo Fisher. And if that's true, he's done. Right, it that's a hefty payout. I know, but like, how that's long, how patient are they going to be? Uh, if he keeps pulling in five star recruiting classes and top ten recruiting classes, I think they're going to be pretty, pretty dang patient for that payout. Um, but you're right, you're right. You, you have a, I believe it was a top five recruiting class two years ago, and then last year they go six and six. Yeah, you can't have that. No. Um, Especially not two years in a row. Um, so I, I don't know. I personally, I think Miami's pretty good. Okay. Um, I do think it's a little bit of Miami. Uh, I don't think AM's bad. I I don't think that maybe they're as good as everybody thought that they were after week one. I still think they're a top twenty-five team. I don't see them going six and six. Um. But I think that Miami might be a little bit better than people let on. Uh, and then, of course, the big talking point here is this is two weeks in a row that the ACC has just kind of bullied the SEC West. Yeah. It's like, are we getting a little change of power here? Is Are the tides turning a little bit? Um, well, I don't, I don't love your choice of words there, but... I, yeah. <laughs> I I think, you know, we said it, I think week zero, we were talking about this could be a down year for the SEC. Um, and I think we're seeing that. I, I just don't think aside from Georgia, because you can set them aside and, and even Georgia, in my opinion, is not Georgia of last year. Um, right. So the door is wide open for a Florida state a potentially Texas, a Washington, whoever, whoever, a Notre Dame, some, somebody. Don't forget my Irish. I got to give a shout out also because we're getting some heat from our friends that we're not mentioning Ohio State a little more. Uh, (laughs) Listen, buddy, we're not mentioning Ohio State because Ohio State hasn't done anything to be mentioned. So when Ohio State does something decent, then we will mention Ohio State. They picked a starting quarterback now, so at least they got that settled. I'll mention Ohio State for the Ohio State fans that want us to be mentioned to be mentioning them. Ohio State next week you're going to lose to Notre Dame. There, <laughs> I mentioned Ohio State. <laughs> well, 
but anyway, I, I just think it's uh, yeah. This this year, the the SEC will, assuming Georgia goes undefeated, which they probably will, if Tennessee can't find a way to beat them, um, they're going to be the only SEC team in the play, playoffs, and I think that they're vulnerable to a ACC, Big Twelve, Pac twelve champion, whoever they end up lining up against. I I think it'll be because they won't be tested this year like they were maybe no. last year. So I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the Wolves are circling yeah. the SEC. And, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe the SEC is not as big and mighty as everybody thought. And to me, I think that's a good thing. I don't like college football being just a one-region game, even if I live in that region. Mm-hmm. I don't like it to be focused you know, specifically on the SEC. I To me, like, college football was at its best in, like, the mid-2000s when USC was really good, Texas was really good, Oregon was really good, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. You still had the SEC schools. You still had Florida State and Miami. You know, all these teams were all really good, and anybody could win the national championship any of those years. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like in, like, the last... 10 years, it's either been an SEC school, Clemson, or Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, let's kind of spread the wealth a little bit, you know? Um, I know that's not the Pac-12's fault, not really the ACC's fault, not the Big Ten or the Big 12's fault, because the SEC is just getting the best players. But I feel like now the winds are kind of changing a little bit, especially with the conference realignment and whatnot. Um. You know, a lot of these players are going to different schools that necessarily aren't in the SEC, and you're seeing it pay dividends. You're seeing a lot more, uh, a lot more different changing schools in the top ten, which I like. Yeah. Um, so those were the two big college games that I wanted to talk about before we get into our week three preview, um, which. Newsflash, there's not a lot of good games on week three. Um, You could argue that there's one good game week three. (laughs) Um, And I think it's the game that we're going to spend the majority of the time talking about this this evening. Um, Looking at the slate, I mean, Kansas State-Missouri is a good game, I feel like, maybe. Uh, And then the only one that I'm going to really take the time to watch is the LSU-Mississippi State game. But everybody knows... This is a podcast that kind of focuses on Tennessee. That's right. Tennessee's biggest rival, I would say, is this week. That Tennessee-Florida game is going to be a hell of a game. Um, But before we dive into that, I want to do our Heisman Top 5 before we dive into that. So do you want to go first? No, no, no. Please, please go first because I didn't prepare for this at all. So I know. That's that's totally my fault. It's been a day. Um, But yes. I'll go ahead and go first. Um, at five, I have Michael Penix Jr. I threw him in the race this week. Another, I think had another 400-yard game yeah, on did. Saturday. So insane, kind of deserving the spot. Uh, at four, I have Quinn Ewers, new addition. Um, a Texas quarterback could very easily win the Heisman. Texas is one of those name-brand schools that, you know, 
you get somebody good there and you get a little bit of politics involved with the Heisman. You haven't had a Texas Heisman winner in a minute. Quinn Ewers does his thing. I could see that. Uh, number three, Caleb Williams. Of course, shocker. Um, number two, Sam Hartman. I think Sam Hartman had another really good game against NC State. Uh, battled, battled the weather. Battled an opponent that he was 0-2 against prior. Um, got a nice road win for the Irish. Started off slow, had a big delay uh, due to the weather, and then came back in the second, I believe it was the start of the second quarter, and just laid it on NC State. I thought he had a he had a really good game. Um, and then number one, he had another good game. I mean, it wasn't as good as week one, but Shadur Sanders had another good game. And the Heisman train for Shadur Sanders is rolling. It's now, now you're getting a lot more people talking about it because it wasn't just a week one fluky thing. He came back into the same thing against Nebraska, who had a much better defense than TCU. Um, and, you know, he didn't throw for 500 yards, but he still had a really good game. Uh, and so I, I think a lot more people are talking about Shadur Sanders. We know the Heisman is a popularity vote for the most part, too. Yeah. You get enough people talking about you, given who his dad is, given the storyline of Colorado so far this year. It would not shock me one bit to see him win the Heisman. Um, Yeah. That's why he's my number one right now. What about your five? Yeah. I mean, I think what I'll say is, first of all, I I think I have to drop my boy, Michael Pratt out mostly because he got hurt and he didn't play this week yeah Um, i saw that yeah so sadly tulane they couldn't recover from that even though i think they still had a decent game um uh but but yeah he didn't get to play so we're gonna drop him out for now maybe he makes a heroic comeback and and lights the world on fire but i think the i think your your order is good i like your list I, i think you make a lot of sense with with shadir sanders because I think when you've got the bright spotlight, you're getting all the attention now. I mean, if he continues on this role and Colorado keeps winning and they don't, they don't have to win. They don't have to win, you know, the conference, they don't have to make it to the playoffs. Um, but as long as they're, let's say they're a 10 win team this year, if, if they can make it to 10 wins and he, he continues to perform the way that he has, then I, I think you're, you're probably looking at, he'll, he'll be in New York. Um, oh, I think if they win 10 games and he continues to play like he's playing, he's 100% winning the Heisman. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I like I said, I, I don't know that I would really um, add or subtract anybody from the list that you got. I think it's good. I, I think we need to keep our eyes because a lot of times you, you will see that the Heisman goes to, I mean, the media attention, the spotlight make, makes a big difference. It, it means a lot. But you also look at like the best teams on the best or the best player on the best teams. Um, I think if Florida state keeps putting up big numbers, Jordan Travis is going to be in the conversation as well. So I I like, I like Jordan Travis. It was hard to leave him off my list. Um, but you know, Michael Penix's back to back 400 yard games were big for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm all, I'm all on board with the, a former Tennessee commit. Let's do it. I'm, yeah. If, if Michael Pena, if I have trouble, you almost said it. <laughs> I have trouble with his last name occasionally. If Michael Penix Jr. 
wins the Heisman, I'm going to claim it like an asterisk. It's like a, it's a partial Tennessee Heisman winner. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. Although I think we'll have one in the next three years. But yes, we'll take it. I hope so. Um, Speaking of Tennessee, let's get into it. Yeah. Florida, Tennessee, 7 o'clock Saturday night in the swamp. A house of horrors for the volunteers for the last 20 years. Um, what, what, what's your instinct? What's your instant thought on the game? I don't want to, I don't want to pick yet. Yeah. I just want your thoughts. Well, I want, I want to start out by saying you said a minute ago, this is Tennessee's biggest rival. This I is a generational, so. this is a generational thing. I don't agree. Um, in the East, it, that's not even really true anymore um, because of where the teams are at. But I do dislike Florida. I, I think that it tends to be people, and, and my age is pretty close to the cutoff. People who are a little bit younger than me, they all say Florida is the biggest rival. Um, who do you people say? who are Alabama? People who are my age or a little bit older tend to say Alabama. And then if you're really old, the answer, the answer is Vanderbilt. Um, no, God. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Because really? Dude, Yes, dude, they hired General Nealon and they they gave him one job, beat Vanderbilt. That's why they brought him in. Vanderbilt used to be a a pretty good football school back in the day, and and Tennessee struggled with Vanderbilt for years. And if you talk to the oldest (laughs) of the old Tennessee fans, they will tell you it's Vanderbilt. Um, But um, Alabama is my number one, always will be. Um, And I, I... it, it it doesn't matter to me that over the last, well, more than tw- probably 25 years, over the last 25 years, Florida has been a huge thorn in Tennessee's side. Well, even more than that, if you go back to the Steve Spurrier, Danny Werfel days, it's been almost 30. But um, I still look at them like, well, you've, you've only been good for like 30 years. You, you've got programs like Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, these storied programs who've been good forever in the SEC, you weren't even an original SEC team. So, like, you can talk to me later when you've been winning for 100 years, and then we'll talk about it. Um, But now, that does not absolve me of the battered vol syndrome that I always feel like we're snake bit over the last 30 years when it comes to playing Florida. I mean... We had one of the best players ever to play the quarterback position play at our school, and he never beat Florida. So there's something to that, you know. Um, And it is the swamp. It's the mystique. One thing I will say is that I think Josh Heupel has already done an amazing job of showing that history and curses and stuff, none of that matters to him, and it does not affect his teams. And that makes me feel good because already three years in, we've beaten um, Florida. We've beaten Alabama. You know, we, we've we beaten South Carolina, even though, you know, of course we should. Um, we're back on top of Kentucky, Vanderbilt, those sorts of things. It's, it's this going to the swamp is the last little monkey, I think, that's on his back. And then we got to get over that Georgia hump. But that's not even – that's not like a curse. I'm, I mean, they're just yeah, – Yeah, we beat them like – Five years ago. Yeah, they're they're a great team. Everybody's losing to Georgia over the last five, six, seven years. So 
you know, um, so that I don't even look at that in, in the same pantheon of Tennessee curses. Um, I think right now, like I, I would have to look, but I think the all time record Tennessee and Georgia are like neck and neck in the, in, in the, um, win loss column. So I'll look, I'll pull it up. Yeah. So I think that's pretty close, but, but anyways, um, yeah. So I, I have that in the back of my mind of that. I, I do feel the weight of the last, you know, 20 years, not winning in the swamp. All the heartbreak doesn't matter. We go in with a better team. We're stacked. We've got a good coaching staff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Something happens. We find a way to lose in the swamp. And so, of course, that's ping ping and bouncing around in my mind. And I can't shake it. Um, Georgia is leading the series 27 to 23. Okay. So the last, they're, they're, they're winning ways over the last several years. They've taken the lead, but right. You know, and two ties. Yeah. So, but anyways, you know, that's how I feel about it. I, I do look at them as, as for me, like I said, Alabama is tier one rival. They're always going to be the, if, if I pick one team we can beat every year, it's always going to be Alabama for me. Um, but that next tier down is, is Florida and Georgia. And then I never want to lose to Vanderbilt and Kentucky. They're, they're three, you know, but you sort of take for granted. We should beat them. So, right. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's what I'm feeling. Okay. I like your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I want you to know. I fucking hate the University of Florida <laughs> with everything in me. Like the orange and the blue makes my skin crawl. Mm. The gator chomp makes me want to vomit. And anything about Gainesville, I just associate with trash. It's, it is a like personal, like hellhole. I hate Florida. So yes, they are my biggest rival. I hate everything about them. I, er, don't get me started on Urban Meyer. Don't get me started on this bullshit documentary that we got from Netflix. That was an untold story that didn't tell us anything that was untold. Only told us things that we already knew about. Um, (laughs) Don't get me started on Tim Tebow. I mean, there's an obvious point that I'm not, that I shouldn't talk about, but I mean, I don't know the last time Tennessee had a double murder on this team, on their team, but Florida employed them and had them and going, they were going real well for Florida. Florida loved the guy. Um, but you know, we, we don't have that problem here. Um, I don't like Jim McElwain. I don't like, uh, what's the Dan Mullen? Can't stand him. Will Muschamp, you're an oh, asshole. Oh my God, Steve Spurrier. I mean, the man grew up in Tennessee, and for some reason, he despised Tennessee. I, he's an asshole too. Don't like him. Um, Anthony Richardson's incredibly overrated. I think he, I think he's a bum. Uh, who else? Who hey, else? Uh, he, got, he he did all right in week one. He, he looked yeah. okay until he got hurt. Until he got hurt. Bum. Overrated. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, Will Greer. Dude, Will Greer. <laughs> oh, God. Should have never, ever beat Tennessee. That's one of the games that just makes my stomach turn. That's the thing about this rivalry for me mm-hmm. is I feel like, yes, there have been games that Florida has just, like, trounced us. Okay? Mm-hmm. I get that. But I feel like... There's also been games that 
we have the better team on paper. We play the better game. And then just some voodoo witch magic happens and they win. That I, I, The first thing that comes to my mind is that Antonio Callaway game where he catches that curl and takes it 60-something yards for a touchdown. And what universe is our defense that was pretty decent that season that had Cam Sutton playing cornerback, who plays cornerback in the NFL, going to let Antonio Callaway catch a curl and take it 67 yards for a touchdown? It's not going to happen. It's insane. You know, but it happens against them. And I don't know. I don't know, man. I just... I hate Florida. I hate Florida. I hate Florida. Now, Kevin, it's, what I want you to do is I want you to tell me how you really feel. I mean, <laughs> it's all I've been thinking about this week. Don't truly. Truly. I mean, I know we might have Florida fans that listen to this podcast, so I don't want to say anything. Screw it. I don't care. Florida fans are assholes, too. Florida <laughs> fans are the meanest fans that, that are out there. They will come here and they'll do a gator chomp in a freaking seven-year-old's face and just be like, ah, oh, fuck you, Florida, Florida, Florida. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? You fits in. It fits. You know, you fit the bill. You fit the bill of a team that has a bunch of criminals on their team year in and year out. You fit the bill. Um, I, I hate them. I hate them. I, I hate him so much. Sunbelt Billy. Sunbelt Billy, in my opinion, is the best thing to happen to Florida because finally they hired somebody that, fingers crossed, is in way over his head and is more concerned about matching socks than performance on the field. And I, I like Sunbelt Billy. I do. <laughs> I like him because we beat him. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Sunbelt Billy. Uh, but... The rest of the team, the rest of the history of Florida, the rest of the history of this rivalry, I just, I can't do it. It it truly grinds my gears. I mean. I can tell. You've been I, hurt. I have, dude. You know how many? <laughs> I've been to so many Tennessee, Florida games. So many. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm there I've been you. to I'm so here. And and it's every year I have this anticipation that builds in me, and I'm just like, oh, this is good. this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. And every year, aside from two, and like my lifetime, um, it's just not happened. It's been snatched away from me. I remember going to college game day when I was in high school. We got up at freaking three o'clock in the morning and went downtown. Waited about the torchbearer statue mm-hmm. and went to college game day. Was so happy, had a, such a good time. We were in the pit. We were like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be a good time. We went and tailgated. I got a ticket that day. And then I got like an actual citation from a police officer, not a oh. ticket. I already had tickets to the game. <laughs> I got I a citation. Confused. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Yeah, I got oh, a citation. What happened? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not wearing my seatbelt oh. on the way back from college game day. Mm. Um, so, click it or ticket. You know, Tennessee's had enough. Uh, he had enough. And so, I got, a, I got a ticket that day, but I was still happy because I was going to the game. I was ready. And then we go to the game and we get our brains pushed. And I was like, dude, 
you know, it was at that point that I was like, I don't think we're ever going to beat them. Like, and that's insane that I've had thoughts of that. Like, I don't think we're ever going to beat them. And then we finally do beat them. And that was, I was there. That was a euphoric day. I mean, I, I don't know. I probably bullied a few Florida fans that day and it was just a good, it was a good time. And then they go right back to beating us again. I'm like, dude, (laughs) you know? Uh, So yeah, I hate Florida. I hate the swamp. My initial thoughts on the game is I'm terrified because I feel like that place is a house of horrors. I feel like, you know, it's, there's just some kind, I hate to use the word mystique and aura because that's what people say about Yankee Stadium. And the swamp is not Yankee Stadium. But there's like some kind of mystique there that the ghost of Florida Gators past just get in the Tennessee players' heads. And I just hope that that doesn't happen this week because this game truly, I feel like, is a make-or-break game for the Tennessee season. Okay. Um, I feel like this, and I kind of felt this last year, I feel like last year's Florida game kind of propelled Tennessee, kind of kick-started that season a little bit more. I mean, you had the two easy wins to start. This, well, not two easy no, wins. You Pittsburgh. had an overtime. Yeah, you have an overtime Pittsburgh win. Um, but you take that Florida game and you you win it and, and you're you know you're you're on your way, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that could be the same thing that happens this year should Tennessee win. I feel like they'd be on their way. You know, it kind of alleviate a couple a lot of concerns with this team. Um and I and I feel like it would it would be good for them. However, if you lose Again, in the swamp for the 21st to make it 21 years since you've won in the swamp. Actually, be 22 years because you have to wait another year since you've won in the swamp. That would be crushing, I feel like, Mm. because this Florida's team is not good. No, this is they're beatable. Yeah. They're very beatable. I feel like this is the worst Florida team that they've had in a minute. I feel like they know that. I saw an interview today where Dan Mullen straight up said it. <laughs> said, this is not the same Florida team that you've seen in the past. It's like, well, buddy, I wonder why. Um, what did you do, Dan? <laughs> yeah, what did you do? Tell us. Um, so, you know, they're very beatable, like you said. On paper, we're the better team, far and away. I don't think it's close on paper. Um, But, you know, unfortunately, the game ain't played on paper. And there's, I think there's a reason that Tennessee's only favored by by six. And I'm just very, very nervous about it. I think... A couple of things that help Tennessee is I think that it's a night. It, it, I mean, it being a night game, I think that does help Tennessee um, because Tennessee's not used to that Florida heat. And so that being a night kind of eliminating that Florida heat, I think that that would, that's going to help Tennessee a little bit. I think the weather's supposed to be good. 
So I think we're in the clear there. I I don't know, man. I don't know. I want to say that I feel really good about Tennessee, but I do not. I do, I do not at all. You've got some serious <laughs> heartburn over this game, I can tell. Yeah. Um, you know, and here's the thing. There are a lot of, there's always a lot of stakes on this game. I mean, Tennessee's been down for a while, and so it doesn't have the same kind of implications that it used to. But being that typically this is our first SEC game, and it's usually Florida's first SEC game of the year, when we're both up, this is the springboard game to to basically push you forward to winning the East and going to the SEC championship. And you know if you lose, you're probably out. I mean, the rest of the season you have to sit here and wait, oh, I hope that Florida loses two games. Um, and, and you know, when they've been good, they just didn't do that. So if they win, they go. Um, and for years, if we won the the Florida game, which – really only happened a few times, then we would go to the SEC championship game. So, you know, there, there's that, um, those sorts of stakes riding on the game. Isn't this the last year the SEC has divisions? Next year we don't have I believe divisions. so. I, I right. don't think we do. If yeah. if we do, they haven't been announced with the Texas in. Yeah, I think, I think that Oklahoma. we won't. I think the SEC won't have div- divisions next year. So I know you, there's going to be traditional – rivals that you continue to play but otherwise it'll be more rotating but it would be nice in the last year of the east for tennessee to get this win and again like i said i i'm a big fan of the way that that so far uh josh heupel has done a great job of of just ignoring curses breaking curses getting monkeys off our back we made it to the orange bowl last year we won the orange bowl last year you know he's been on the big stage he's beat in my opinion, our biggest rival. I know that was a home game. Um, well, he, he beat both Florida and Alabama last year. So it, this, this is a coach who's capable of, of, which is something we haven't had in a long time. We have a coach who X's and O's wise is not going to get out coached typically um, on a Saturday. And that be, and actually in a lot of, a lot of cases, he gives us a tr- strategic advantage. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I feel before the season started, um, so this Saturday, a little behind the scenes, I've got plans this Saturday. I'm not going to be able to watch the game live. Oh, I, dude. I'm going to be at Halloween Horror Nights on Saturday, hanging out with two of my friends who are Gator fans. And Oh, no. And we were talking about this before the season, and I was – and um, Christina, it's, it's Cocktail Bob's wife, Christina, said to me, you realize you planned this – on the night of the Tennessee Florida game. And I said to her, you're not going to want to watch that game. Don't worry about it. Mm. Because at the time, that's how confident I felt. Right. After the first two weeks of the season. Now I'm like, I regret those words already. (laughs) Yeah. But but, you know, I still do feel confident. Just not like I really, I honestly thought we would beat the brakes off of them. I was like, this is the it's it's not even going to be close because, like you said, on paper, there should be a huge disparity between these two teams. Should. And maybe and And, maybe uh, there will be. I don't know. But I'm just like you and I'm going to have to see it. And I think it's going to be close. This kind of game. Other than, well, Florida has done it to us a bunch of times and just blown us out. But, um, you know, 
it, when it goes the other way, I think we usually we we win close ones with Florida. So unfortunately, we let them hang around. So I think I think it would be great for it not to be the case, but I think it'll be close. And I'm just I, I'm, I'm nervous. I am nervous. I am terrified. Um, I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can not watch the game live. I have people coming over. Uh, this is like kind of like the debut of my man cave of my house. Nice. And so I have a whole bunch of people coming over and I'm scared shitless to be completely honest. I mean, I planned this get together because I was like, well, there's no way we're going to lose Florida this year. Kind of like you, you know, no, we're going to lose it before the season. It's a big game. It's Florida game. Let's watch us beat their brains in and have a good time. Right. Now I'm like, buddy, if we lose, y'all are going to have to leave like right now. <laughs> Party's <laughs> over. Goodbye. Party's over. Get the hell out of my house because I'm going to start throwing stuff. I will. I mean, I don't handle losing very well. I don't handle losing when we're supposed to win very well. And I sure as hell will not handle losing when we're supposed to win against Florida very well. Um, so I've already sent the notice to everybody. I'm like, hey, I just want to let you guys know. If Tennessee does not win, y'all just need to go ahead and just file out. Just nice to see you. It was pretty house. House looks good. Thanks for having us. See you. See ya. Bye. Because I'm just gonna want to. I'm probably just gonna sit in the sit in the room and cry. I'm just gonna want to oh, cry. No tears. No yeah, tears. I'll I'll have alligator tears. Big old alligator tears. <laughs> and people will be dancing on my grave, and I'll and I'll be sad. Um. But I think the biggest key to this game, I kind of want to talk about a little bit of the keys to the game, but I think the biggest key is the key that we've talked about all season. Yeah. Joe Milton. Yeah. I, <laughs> buddy, you can't have a game like you had against Austin P. Because if that's the case, we're not winning. Bottom so, line. Let me pause you right there just for a second, because we were texting about this at the time. Right. I've changed You're my right. mind since you texted. Oh, <laughs> I've changed my mind. I've watched some film and I've changed my mind. I was going to say, I felt like you and I were watching two different games. Um, Right. Because, you know, well, just behind the scenes, a little peek behind the curtain. um, I was on the, I was of the opinion on Saturday that, you know, I think there were something like eight dropped balls, maybe 10. Mm -hmm. I was of the opinion. Most of those 75% of those were Joe Milton's fault. Just, just bad throw putting the ball where it didn't need to be, um, whether that be too high, whether it be behind, you know, um, just not leading your receiver open, which I think we didn't appreciate how well Hendon Hooker did that last year. Um, right. Throwing your receiver open is an underrated skill for a quarterback, and Hendon was a master of that, and Joe doesn't do that. In fact, the the one that he threw high to Squirrel, if Squirrel had really jumped up and stretched out, this was on the first drive, if if he had jumped up and stretched out and caught that ball, he would have gotten murdered by the defensive back. A um, week after getting murdered by a defensive back. Yeah. So, and this this has always been the, the concern about Joe Milton because he lost the job at Michigan uh, because he was an inaccurate quarterback. And sure, he's got Superman's arm. But he just cannot take anything off that typically. I, I think he has shown that he's gotten a little bit better at um, putting a little touch on the ball, but now it's placement. 
And, right. you know, like I said, it lost the job. Michigan, he got hurt, quote unquote, and lost the job to Hinn and Hooker here at Tennessee. Um, but he didn't you know, get hurt. <laughs> that's the that's the that is the big, big question. And we just have to see it now. It's funny that you said you went back and, and watched the tape and you you've come around and now you agree with me. I, I went back and watched it and I feel like I was a little harsh. I think it was a little more 50 50, but like there was a ball he put between the numbers on the run on Dante Thornton. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how, like it was a beautiful ball. It was a great throw and the, and the touchdown to Ramel Keaton. Perfect. Perfectly placed. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of his throws ended up being um, horizontal as the game went on, but um, he was, you know, putting some nice touch, putting those where they needed to be, and he made some decent throws. But I just – is it is it because when when the pressure's on and, and you know, the throws mean something a little bit more, he's just overthinking it? It does, to me, look like he's holding the ball too long right now. That's a um, sign of an underconfidence. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But he's you're right. I mean, that's number one with a bullet. It's Joe Milton. He's the key to this offense. He's the key to can we reach our potential this season? It, can Joe Milton um, lead the team and make the plays that he needs to make? And and we and so far we have the, the crazy thing is, has he hit? Has he hit any bombs yet this season? Yeah. I think his furthest, his farthest pass, furthest pass was week one, like a thirty-yard pass to Ramel Keaton over the middle. I mean, it yeah. hasn't been. It has after Keaton dropped that ball. It ha- he hasn't. We haven't seen Bazooka Joe yet. No, no. which is kind of crazy to me because I'm like, at the very least, I, and I know, I know that right now, defense, the defenses that we're playing are dropping their safeties deep and trying to take away the the deep ball. Because they're trying to make Joe Milton beat them with the middle throws. Um, I get that. But our receivers are so fast. Dante Thornton is supposed to be like one of the fastest <laughs> receivers. Yeah. You know, and and Brew McCoy can run. Ramel Keaton's fast. Squirrel White is super fast. How are we not sneaking guys at least two, three, four times a game into the open field and letting Joe just put some air under it? I, I That so, is a surprise. Here's... My frame of thought, okay? I've gone back and forth with this. I don't think that your original text was like, I think 75% of those are on Milton. I don't think 75% of them were on Milton. I think a couple of them, even watching back, but I had said that I was like, no, I think the majority of these are on the receivers. I also don't think the majority were on the receivers. I think it was kind of like you said, 50-50. I think, though, also... To your point about how are we not getting guys deep balls? Mm-hmm. Something tells me, and I hope, I pray to God that I'm right, that we're hiding the playbook. That we've been hiding the playbook. Because, and I've watched it, mm-hmm. I've watched the film for the last two games, we have not run a whole lot of plays. Yeah. Passing-wise. Um, we have not run a whole lot of deep balls. I mean, he had the one against Virginia that Keaton dropped. That was a perfect ball. Mm -hmm. And we really haven't had any since then. And that's been like the talking point a lot of the radio around here is talking about. Is that 
Josh Heupel hasn't shown the playbook that he showed last year. And I don't think that it's just because Joe Milton's a quarterback and Hendon Hooker's not. I think it's probably the same playbook. Maybe a couple changes here and there. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it wasn't broke last year. And so I think I'm, I'm subscribing to the fact, at least for my own sanity, that Heupel is hiding the playbook. And that's why we haven't seen any... Shots down the middle of the field, shots, you know, on the end of the field, deep balls. Why we've seen a million screens. If I see them start running these screens Saturday against Florida, I'm going to lose my freaking mind because it looks like a Butch Jones offense. That's what it looks like. You know that, you know, we will. I mean, we're going to because at the very least, what we've done the last two weeks is try to establish tendencies. Right. So you so you continue to do that to make the defense react, and then that's when hopefully you you beat them down the you know down the seam or something. I hope that maybe Hypo is doing this the last two weeks with a ton of screens. Yeah. Hopefully, make people think, oh well, Tennessee's just going to screen you to death. And I I just in my in my dreams at night when I go to bed. What I see is Tennessee winning the toss, electing to receive because we've got that guts. We've got the big nuts. We're going to take the ball. We're going to put it down your throat and we're going to score a touchdown and shut the crowd up immediately. And what I see is the first play of the game, Joe Milton, a freaking 70-yard bomb to squirrel white touchdown. And from then, if that, Justin, I'm telling you, if that happens, it's a wrap. And it's not going to be a close game. We're going to Will it be? Do you think they'll do it like hold. set it up with a play action? So at least maybe pull the, the linebackers up a little bit. And... That'd be sick. That'd be <laughs> sick. Oh, God. That'd be sick. If oh, we did that. Be even better. I'm going to draw it up right now. You you fake a, like out of the shotgun, you fake a speed option to the right. Uh-huh. And, and you, you get the, the defense moving that way with you. And you have Thornton or White or, or Keaton, whoever, as your ex over on the left-hand side. You have him run a post just by himself. Everybody else is staying up tight like you're running an option play. Right. And, and then you just look. If the safeties cheat up, done. That ball's going 100 yards. Good night. Good yeah. night, sweet prince. Dude, if that's how we start the game. I'm going to be unbearable. I might freaking call you at Halloween Horror Nights and be like, Justin, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> um, because I'll be crazy. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I do think, I do think that it's a little bit of hiding the playbook. Um, and I, I, I think he's going to open it up this weekend. I do. I think the playbooks, you, you, you don't have an option. <laughs> you know, you can't, you know, Ain't no, no more reason to hide the playbook now. You know, no, the going into SEC now. play. Yeah, the yeah, season, season starts. starts now. Yeah. Um, so, it, like we've said multiple times on this podcast, it's all going to rely on Joe Milton. Now, let's talk catastrophe. What if Joe Milton starts slow? We see the same offense that we've seen the last two weeks. Florida's offense is not great, okay? Right. Right. So let's say that we're going into halftime and the score is like seven to 10. 
or something like that. A very low scoring game. Um, but Milton is like seven for fifteen for forty yards. Okay. I mean, he's having a bad game. Do we pull the trigger on Nico? In I don't think opinion? we do. If it, I don't think we do if it's close. And I think it. I think it depends if if Joe because he he still hasn't thrown an inter- interception. He still hasn't fumbled. So in his career, um, he hasn't thrown an interception at Tennessee. Yeah, crazy. So, <laughs> so so regardless if he's missing passes, if he's not turning the ball over, and and depending on how we're doing, like if I think if Josh Heupel felt like we're doing enough with screens, uh, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small. Dylan Sampson, they're getting their yards. We're doing a few things over the middle, short like slants, a few things. If if we're if it's within a score, there's no way. Now, if Joe goes out there and throws a couple of interceptions, or Florida is putting up big points. Now, it's actually it's it's kind of interesting because I think what you'd have to think is, let's say we go into halftime, it's twenty four ten, and Florida's up fourteen. And the, and they've been you know they're hitting because let's be honest, it still looks like our weakness is pass defense, right? Um, so let's say they have you know hit a couple big plays, maybe we gave them a cheap one, whatever it may be. I still think Joe gives you your best chance because you're still going to be looking to hit the the long plays, and I don't know that you throw Nico out in a situation like that just to potentially either, you know, lose confidence, get hurt, whatever it may be. I think I, I almost think unless something real crazy happens and and really Joe is just like his head spinning um and he's quote unquote hurt again, um I don't think we'll see Nico at all in in this game. Now, if we get blown out and then also we go and we play our next game against uh, Texas San Antonio, and we still look like we don't have an offense. I think you, I think you start seeing Nico get ready, and then he, you know, rolls out for South Carolina. Possibly, I don't know, but I, I, think, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they're going to have a short leash for Joe Milton in this game. I think Josh Heupel is going to give it to Joe, and and, and aside from anything crazy, I think it's his game. I think you're right. I do think that there is a chance, though, that if if Joe is just having a bad game, I think that Hypo realizes the importance of this game. I think that Hypo realizes that it's been 20 years since we've won in the swamp, and this is as good of a chance as we've had. And I think he, if if Milton is the reason that we're losing the game and we're losing, yeah, then I think he does it. And and and, and as much as I hate that for Joe Milton, if because I was big on Joe Milton to start the season. You remember, he was my Heisman pick. Yeah. <laughs> now I look like an idiot. Um, but if if Joe, if Nico gives us the best chance to win, it needs to be Nico. You know what I mean? Because um, as much as I like Joe Milton, I like Tennessee winning better. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I guess we can get into predictions. Yeah, let's do it. I have a little bit of a. Thing that I want to come back to maybe after we do pub dubs. Okay. Regarding this game. Um, but I guess we can get in predictions. I don't think that it's going to be a scenario where Joe Milton has to come out of the game, where Nico has to come out, come into the game. 
because I do think that Tennessee is going to win. Uh, I think, I think we're going to get it done. I think it's going to be something along the lines of like, a heart play. My heart pick mm-hmm. says like 38 to 10. My brain pick says like 27, 23 or seven or 21 to 10. I, I don't know that my heart says, my heart says Tennessee can go in there and cover the spread easily. My brain says, how many times have you said that with your heart? Right. And how many times have, how many times has your heart been broken? Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it's like, I don't know. I guess my pick that I'm going to go with is Tennessee 38, Florida, 17. Say so 38 17. Okay. Tennessee wins pretty easily. And are we in control throughout? I do believe so. Okay. I do believe so. I mean, hell, we were in control the whole game last year and we won by five. That's true. You know, and Absolutely. that game was in Neyland. <laughs> but, but I think that, I think that going back to what I said at the beginning of the season, I truly think that this year's team is better than last year's team. Even after the Virginia game, even after the Austin P game, I think this year's team has the talent to be better than last year's team. And I think that's going to show Saturday. I think at the end of the day, talent wins at the end of the day. And I think that Tennessee is going to get it done. I think we're going to be in control the majority of the game. I, I really do think that we win the toss and we get the ball and we score a touchdown. And I think that's I think that that's Hypel's game plan. I think if if Hypel wins the toss, if we win the toss, I think Hypel's one hundred percent taking that ball and saying I think you do. I think you should. In this because game, you shut the crowd up. Yeah, in this kind of game on the road, you know that your first drive is scripted anyway. Um yep. just take it. Go for it. Yeah. Yep. You you can very quickly get the crowd out of the game because this is the whole strategy of like kicking and getting the ball after halftime. It's, it's sort of overrated anyway, because either way, like it it just sort of depends on what you think the strength of your team is. If, If it's your offense, take the ball and score. Right. I think that the crowd, this game plays a bigger role than it normally does because yes, they're going to be up. Yes, they're going to be loud. It's a sellout. It's going to be crazy. Ben Hill Griffin's going to be insane, right? In the back of Florida fans' minds, I think deep down, if you gave them some truth serum, they would sit there and they would tell you this team's not very good. Oh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. So I think that if Tennessee comes in there and punches them in the mouth real early, goes up seven on their first drive and makes it look easy, I think the Florida fans start to think, oh, shit. I don't know about all this, buddy. Yeah. And then, buddy, God forbid, we score early, we get an interception return, or we get a fumble, and we score again. I think it, even though it's just two scores, I think it's a wrap. Well, it because then you got like the LSU game last year. Yep. Then you've got the fans thinking, "Oh shit!" You got the players thinking, "Here we go." You know. 
and and I think it could get ugly. But I think thirty eight to thirty eight. I said thirty eight seventeen, right? Yeah, you did. That's it. Thirty eight seventeen. I think is what I'm going with. That's strong. So it's interesting. I think even though we have this cloud of a twenty year you know drought in the swamp um, hanging over us. I think the pressure is on Florida in this game. 100%. Yeah, it's not it's not on Tennessee. It's on Florida. The the fans, the the athletic department, they want Billy Na- Billy Napier to go out and win this game. And and I am sick of Tennessee being the team that gives coaches their signature win. I hate it. It makes me so mad. There's something about when we go play a coach who's in his first or second year, they have a player that goes off and looks like they should be a Heisman candidate, and they beat us, and then they're like, this is a signature win. And then we have to watch all season long when they show highlights of that team. It's always them playing Tennessee and doing great things. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, and this isn't just like a battered Vol syndrome thing. When they are showing highlights of any team at the end of the year, if they played Tennessee, you will see them doing something good against Tennessee. You see it on college game day. Yeah. Every Saturday. South Carolina's in the game day montage one time. Yeah. And it's them beating Tennessee. Yeah. It, I'm like, crazy. guys, they beat Clemson too last year. You know that, right? It's crazy. <laughs> um, so anyway, I do think the pressure's on Tennessee. I am not that concerned about the offense. I think that we can do enough, even if we have to dink and dunk this game. I think we have a strong rushing attack. I think we have a good offensive line. We get Coop back on Saturday, which is huge. We get our center back. I'm not concerned about the offense. I don't know if we can score 50, but I think we can score enough to win the game. The The passing defense worries me a little bit, but the fact that we're leading the nation in, in sacks and we're up there in tackles for loss, like that, I may have that flip-flopped, but um, I think either way, way yeah. We're playing. Second. We're playing in the backfield right now on defense. Um, I like our front seven. I, I wish Pilly was still there. I think he made a big difference. But I like our front seven. Uh, they're athletic. They're making plays. They're fast. My concern is special teams. Um, yep. and I don't have a ton of faith in our field goal kicker, and I really don't have faith in our punter. And um, I worry that this is going to bite us. I hope it's not this Saturday, uh, but I think that it could happen at some point. And I mean, the kicking game, it's, it's, you know, a major aspect of the football game. So I think that there could be a miscue there. In my mind, there's one of two options. Tennessee either scores over 30 and it's not even close. I mean, like, I think if we break the 30 mark, Florida's not going to score more than 10. I, I I just think it'll be a blowout. If don't tell if me we that. if we can't if we can't score and it and it's more of a back and forth defensive game, then I don't think we cover the spread, but I think we I still think we win. I think we I think if it's that sort of game, it's like we we're, we're going to win 24-21 or something. Let's say actually I don't like that one. Let's do 17 Let's do seventeen twenty. I feel better about that. Um, yeah. What do you? What do you? What game do you want? I think well, this is a. Well, you know what I want. I want us. 
I, right. I don't want it to be in quite I don't even want to be thinking about it while I'm at Halloween Horror Nights. That'll be the right. real horror if I'm in line sweating it out because Tennessee and Florida are within a score in the fourth quarter, then I'm going to be really nervous. Um, that'll be the spookiest thing on Saturday. Um, Literally. <laughs> but but here here's my actual score prediction. Um, I think I'm going to go, you know what? Screw it. I think this is the year that we can do this. I think it's going to be 45-13. Oh, buddy. Ooh, I think we can do it. Oh, man. If it's 45-13, I'll be taking shots all night long. All yeah. night long. All this, night long. This is This is going to be it. This is where we get on track. I think... If you're right, and I am sort of buying into this theory because I, I, you know, I, I go on the Vol forums, all the different things, and there's the there are these people who've done the analysis. They're like Tennessee has run six plays this year. I don't know it's, if that's. I don't know. If I think true. it is true. I think it's true. <laughs> um, but here's the thing that I'm thinking: if the reins are so pulled back on the offense, it sort of makes sense that the quarterback and receivers would be out of sync mm-hmm. because they can't do what they're supposed to be doing. And I mean, it looks like they don't even practice together. Yeah. They're that out of sync. And so I'm like, I I don't know, man. That's the only explanation. That's the yeah. only explanation that makes any sense whatsoever is that he's just pulled the reins back and said, we're not showing anything until that Florida game. And, and when and, you do that, when you, when you put that, you know, you, you put the governor on the, on the Ferrari it's going to sputter. It's going to it's going to not do what it's supposed to be doing and it's going to be like, "What what happened? I thought this was supposed to be a Italian sports car. What's going on right. here?" So, but at the same time, when it gets going, it goes. Yeah, and that's what and I'm so thinking. I, and that's what I'm hoping that like we've seen the sputtering and now the governor is about to be taken off and that sucker is about to fly. Yeah, I think you've got a team that it I think you've got a team that's going to go on the road. They're going to feel like people are doubting them. Their own fans are doubting them. They're going to go in against all these screaming Florida Gator fans doing the chomp in their face. And I think they're going to be fired up. I honestly, I think this is the game where we get on track. And all of a sudden next week, when we're talking about this, we're like, guess what? Tennessee's a playoff team. Let's go, man. Let's go. Plant that flag in the swamp. Give them a middle finger and yeah. get the hell out of there. Let's go. Burn it to the ground, baby. Let's go. Come on. There you go. I'm glad I, I, love turned, it. I turned your attitude around there at the end. I love yeah, it. I love it. Balls by 50. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. Okay. Let's do the pub right. dubs and then I want to come back it. to one more thing about the game. All right. We'll make it a quick round because I know we're we're trying to get tighter on our time. So yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's cool. So so at this point, um, you're kicking my butt. Like cumulatively, I don't know if we should keep track of this. I think we should because it's just funny. You're you're 11 and nine overall. I'm seven and 13. So um, I've I've got some ground to make up, but maybe it starts right now. All right, doing what we did last time, except no MLB. This is just football picks this week. Um, Saturday. All college, and then we've got Sunday and Monday. So five and five on Saturday, and we already we already did Tennessee, Florida, so we can go right past that. But Saturday, Kansas State at Missouri. You mentioned this one earlier. I think it's pretty interesting. Kansas State coming in as a road favorite, getting minus three and a half, and Missouri's looked a little better than I thought they would early in the season. Um, so 
Kevin, you get to kick us off. What do you think? Kansas State at Missouri. Home doggies, baby. Home doggies. Yeah, you love the home Except doggies. for the Florida game. Um, <laughs> I like Missouri to cover the home, cover that spread. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think that I think Missouri's going to win that game. I, I think they're a little bit better uh, than they have been over the last couple of years. And I just hope that doesn't mean that they're going to give us trouble when we play them. But um, right. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it'll be close. But I think I think Missouri can definitely uh, I think they can win that one outright. Um, the next one, this one's interesting. We got Vanderbilt going to UNLV. And again, the road team is the favorite. Vanderbilt's getting four and a half points in this game. And if we just want to go back and forth, so I'll, I'll start on this one. Um, sure. I never believe in Vanderbilt ever. I don't care. I don't care what the experts think. I don't care uh, how many games they win and, and who's coaching them. I'm happy to pick against them. So I'm going the UNLV running Raiders in, mm-hmm. in this one um, to win that game. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'll hate it if I'm wrong, but I don't want Vanderbilt to ever win anything. Right. Home doggies. There you go. I'm going with the Commodores. Uh, oh. <laughs> the, the home doggy don't bark this, this game. Dang it. Uh, give me Vanderbilt. I like All Vanderbilt right. to go over the spread. I think Vanderbilt wins that game by seven to 10. Okay. All right. Hope you're wrong. Okay. We already did Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Florida. So I'm just going to put us both down as Tennessee. Falls by 50. Falls by 50. Um, the next one I've got is Syracuse at Purdue. This one I put on the list just cause I love seeing these games that are, um, less than three points. And this one, again, we have a road favorite. Syracuse favored. Uh, they're getting minus two and a half at Purdue. We already had a Purdue game on the list, I think, in week one, and I missed that one. So uh, not looking forward to this. But, Kevin, what do you think? Home dog, you don't bark this time either. I like Syracuse. Oh, you're I going do. against your instincts here. I know. I, I'm switching it up, and I think it's going to bite me in the butt. But uh, uh, you know what? I changed my mind. Give me the home dog. Give me Purdue. Talked Give me Purdue. You, into you talked me into it. Yep, <laughs> I'm going with Purdue. <laughs> um, for this one, I don't know. I think Syracuse they've they've had a decent football team the last couple of years, and um, I mean Syracuse, they're they're sort of cousins in Orange. They are the Orange Men. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a big, crazy looking orange. And anthropomorphic ball that's their mascot i enjoy that so i'm just going to go syracuse uh to back the orange on this one and and actually like you, you know what syracuse was real good the year that tennessee won the national championship with a quarterback right. named donovan mcnab at the helm that's right mm, maybe so we need syracuse to be good we need a little throwback uh, right. with syracuse on this one so and then Finally, for the for the college picks, we've got Pittsburgh at West Virginia. Don't they have a fun name for this game? Is it like the Backyard Brawl? Backyard Brawl, baby. Yeah. Backyard Brawl. Yeah. Well, in this case, the home team is actually favored by two and a half. We got a peek at Pittsburgh la- the last couple of years. Uh, I know that the team is a little different this year, but uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a close one uh, in terms of the experts' eyes. Um I, I think in this case, I think, uh, you know, those West Virginia fans are crazy. And um, 
if I was Pittsburgh, I'd be worried about them burning mattresses uh, on the mm-hmm. field while we're playing. So, you know, the nerves would get to me. But I think I think I'm going to go country roads on this one. I'm going to go West Virginia uh, to defend the home turf. What do you yeah, think? I love it. Country roads. <laughs> Take me home. Uh, I love that song. Such a great song that's played at a stadium. Second favorite song played at a stadium uh, behind Rocky Top, of course. Uh, but I'm going with West Virginia as well. I think okay. that they win. Um, yeah, just because of the song. And because their fans, like you said, are kind of crazy. They're nuts. They are. <laughs> I, I once upon a time in Neyland Stadium, I can't remember who Tennessee was playing, but there were West Virginia fans that were at the game sitting in front of us. One of them brought a full-size 12-inch sub into the stadium. I don't know how they did it. Um, yep. but I don't doubt it. They were getting crazy, and Tennessee was struggling in the game, and one of them got so excited, he nearly fell off the upper deck. I'm not yep. kidding. Their fans are low-key, like, underrated, wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, watch out for West Virginia fans. That's just a friendly warning. Um all right, moving on to Sunday. We've got some NFL action. And I didn't know, I don't know if I told you this, Kevin, but I'm participating in my first ever knockout league this year. I've never done this before. Um, in what week one, I pick. Well, so you, you pick a team. Every week, you pick one team to win, and then you can't ever pick that team again the rest of the season. Oh. If you miss one, you're out. Um, and so I've never done this before. I've heard of people doing it. My first That's week, I picked fine. the Commanders. So that was a nail-biter, but I did get that one right. Um, I don't know if I should share. I don't think people that I'm playing against are going to listen to this. This week, I picked the Broncos to beat the Commanders. So, okay. Oh, interesting. Knocking Broncos on, country. Knocking on wood. Yeah, it's a home game for the Broncos. I don't know. I'm hoping Russell Wilson can do something for me. So anyway, and also I looked at the Broncos schedule and I'm like, I don't know that they're going to have another game. I'd want to pick them this year. So right, we'll go with the Broncos. Um, so anyway, with that in mind, we've got some much closer games that I stayed away from because I didn't want any of that heat. Uh, first one, we've got Bears at Buccaneers. I, I wanted to talk about this one because you you told me the Bears were going to be legit this year. Buddy. And... I I'm not buying it. I don't know. I got the brakes beat off of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but here's the thing: the Bears are going to turn it around Sunday. I like the the Bears. To win the Bears right. on the road in Tampa yep. Bay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I didn't it's see anything from me. I didn't see anything from the Bears that make me want to pick them. And it's a one o'clock game in Tampa. You got the humidity in full effect. Um, I'm going Buccaneers in this one. I think I think the Buccaneers are a decent team this year, and even though I don't love Baker Mayfield, I have no love for that guy. But I feel terrible about my pick so far. I just want you to know that. So far, no, you're doing great. <laughs> and anyway, I need an opportunity to catch up, so maybe it's a good week for yeah. old J Man. I think it's gonna be a good week for you because I feel really bad about my picks. <laughs> I might just fade myself this week. <laughs> Um. All right. Next Sunday pick, we've got the Packers at the Falcons. Now, the Packers just come off a game beating the brakes off the Bears, and now they're going to go down to Atlanta and play Bajan Robinson and uh, Jordan Love looking pretty decent. And I, I'll jump in this one and just say I 
You know, the Packers, uh, Atlanta's actually favored at home by one. I, I think Jordan Love is is doing a great job managing the team in, in in one week of action. I think the Packers are gonna win this one while the the Falcons are still figuring things out. And and you know they got to figure out what to do with Cordero Patterson in that Joker position. He That's didn't right. Play, so Joker. Yeah. Did Who, you know? Hmm. Yeah. That Desmond Ritter has never lost a home game. Mm, that's a fun fact. It's going to happen. Yes. First time. That's ever. why I'm picking the Falcons. <laughs> the man's never lost a home game. They're at home. Give me Desmond Ritter and the Falcons and some mustard on my Robinson. Oh, yeah. There you go. Dijon. Yeah, that's right. Great Poupon. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> now we're going to go up to Cincinnati, and it's a redemption game for uh, both teams, in my opinion. The Ravens. Going to the Bengals, and uh, you know both Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Uh, who were they in Week One? Uh, they they decided not to show up. So, are we going to actually see some points on the board in this one? And who comes out on top, Kevin? Yeah, it'd be a shame if somebody had Joe Burrow on his fantasy team on <laughs> this past week. Um, Federal Burrow of investigation, uh, but I'm going with. The Bengals. I think that Joe. I, yeah, I think Joe Burrow's about to light that scoreboard up Sunday. I think it's going to be a ugly game. I think the Bengals are tired of people, you know, bashing them. They've heard it a lot this week, and I think they're going to come out there and hand it to the Ravens. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, no, no reason to even go on about it much longer. I, th- I think Joe Burrow. Uh, week one was an anomaly. He's going to be fine. I, you know. I, I Worst game of his I, career. I do love that I picked the Browns in that game, and and I looked like a genius. But uh, you did, yeah. Um, but I think Joe's going to bounce back. This let's go, Joe. In let's go, three. Joe. All right. Last Sunday game, and then we got Monday night. So Colts and Texans. The Colts are traveling down to Houston. We got two rookie quarterbacks facing off. Assuming Anthony Richardson is going to play, and I think he is. Um, I think so. Yeah. So. We've got the we got the Colts going up against CJ Stroud and the the Houston Texans. Um, I got to tell you, I know you think uh, Anthony Richardson's a bum. I, like I said, I was kind of impressed with his Week One performance because I didn't see it coming. Um, and I I don't know, not not so impressed with the Texans so far, even though right now they're favored in this game. So I'm I'm gonna go Colts on the road. Anthony Richardson gets his first road victory in the NFL. What do you think? He's a bum. Give me the Texans. <laughs> okay. Can't do it, man. I'm sorry. I just can't. Well, you're picking an Ohio State quarterback. That's okay. It's not Florida. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, this is good for the Ohio State people that are always on my case about not talking about Ohio State. Yeah. CJ Shroud. There you, go. there you go. Ohio State. All right. Fair enough. And then finally, in pub dubs, we've got Browns at Steelers. Browns. Coming off the big victory at home in the dog pound over the hated Cincinnati Bengals. Going to Pittsburgh, where they laid an egg last week um, against the 49ers, who absolutely destroyed them. Um, on the road. ugly. On the road for the 49ers. I always say, you know, that's sort of something that they always talk about. The, the talking heads, the experts. Going across the country is never easy. And the 49ers did it and did just fine. So... Uh, Browns and Steelers, Kevin, what do you think? 
I still like the Browns. I, I think the Browns are for real. They beat the Bengals pretty good. And I don't see the Steelers giving much more of a, you know, a, a contest for them. So I'm going with the Browns. Yeah. I thought the Steelers were going to have a bounce back the year this year. I just don't, I don't know if Kenny Pickett is the guy. Um, so I'm with you. And also for me and my fantasy team, it's great for me if Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper have a great game. So go Browns. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's a good team, you know. I also took Cedric Tillman with my last pick in the draft. So I, I did the same thing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it. I didn't one league got Cedric Tillman, the other league I took Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> mm. Get the best yeah. of both worlds. There you go. Okay. So that wraps up our pub dubs segment. We're pretty much wrapped up with the show. This is just if you guys wanna keep listening. If you really want to get into the Florida Tennessee hate, I just want to talk about the top five Gators that we. I'm going to let you do this one because I feel like I've got too many Gator friends. Oh, okay. You, well, here I got it. Don't worry. Go for it. You're right. I don't have any Gator friends. Friends, and you live there, so you got to deal with them all the time. So I don't have this problem. All right, <clears throat> let's start with number five. <laughs> I hate the prick himself, Steve Spurrier. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. I hate him. He's an asshole. Uh, what was the quote that he said? You can't spell Outback without UT. No, that, I mean, citrus, citrus, yeah. citrus. You don't have to. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be an asshole. It's funny. I get it. Ha ha he he. It is funny. But he's an asshole. And buddy, you're from the state of Tennessee. Shut the hell up. Um, yeah, Johnson City, uh, Morristown, Johnson City area. He's got a field named after him in Johnson City. That shouldn't exist. Because of who he is. Number four, Urban Meyer, obviously. <laughs> um, questionable human being, questionable morals. <laughs> terrible at assessing, you know, morals of his players. Uh, I believe the number was 41 convicted criminals on his team. Is that true? Yes, that That's 2008 insane. to 2009 team had 41 convicted criminals. At the top of that list, Aaron Hernandez, murderer. Um, but yes, you have that too. And he was just turned a blind eye to all of it. You know, I mean, you could. I'm not going to get down that rabbit hole, but yes, Urban Meyer, number questionable. Three. Number three. <laughs> number three, Jalen Tabor. This uh, dude was, I don't know why I shouldn't hate him because <laughs> he, he really like lit the fire on Tennessee's butt in 2000. I think it was 16, 15 or 16. He really, I think it was 16. He lit the fire under Tennessee's butt in 2016. But when man, ducks pull trucks. Can, uh, yeah. When ducks pull trucks, that's when Tennessee will win. Well, buddy, the duck pulled the truck. Yeah. And you got weird burnt. Who I know. Is that something that people say? No, I've never heard it. I think he just came up with it, thought it would sound cool, thought it would be funny. And it got to Jawan Jennings, who burnt him like some toast on Sunday morning. It was bad. I was at Uh, that game. It was fun. I was too. It was glorious. Um, Euphoric. Number two, Antonio Callaway. (sighs) Another bad dude. Another criminal. Um, but damn, he was a good wide receiver. (laughs) Um, 
he was very talented. Uh, and I'll never ever forgive him for that touchdown that he caught in the swamp, the game winning touchdown. I was at work working at the hotel when I used to work at a hotel and that game was on the TV and luckily it was quiet. There wasn't a whole lot of people coming in and I was watching it and I kid you not, I fell to my knees as he walked to the end zone. I fell to my knees. I was like, Oh my God, there's no way that that just happened. Um, that play is just scarred in my mind forever. And then number one, you can call it the chalk pick. You can, yeah, you can call it the chalk pick three, two, one, Tim Tebow. Tebow. Yeah. (laughs) God, I just hate everything about this guy. I mean, I can't say he's a terrible person because I don't think he is a terrible person. But, dude, the speech is corny as hell. The, 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 everything about him. And let me tell you, I did watch that Untold Stories documentary. That did nothing for Tim Tebow to make him, like, quote unquote, cool. That was like, if anything, you're even more corny now. Um, yeah, Tim Tebow is, I mean, the behind the scenes, like, footage of him in the weight room and like dude you are such a hardo like you... don't get me started i not hey, a tebow I, guy i want to do my impression of every single tim tebow uh monologue that he did in the swamp kings documentary here he goes ready hit me <clears throat> we were so focused we played so hard Everyone wanted to win, and we did. It's like, what? What is he doing? Why is he talking like every single time? <laughs> that was really good, and we did. <laughs> yeah, buddy, you did because you had criminals on your team. Nobody else had criminals. Most most programs, when they have criminals on the team, they kick them off the team. Urban Meyer was like, no, no, no. I believe in second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and sixth chances. As long as you produce on the field, if you don't, then you got to go. Uh, but yeah, so that's my list of the Gators that I hate the most. There's Very more, good. but those are my five. I just um, want to say this um, as in, in summary of all of this at one point, then this was after Ohio state had um, hired urban Meyer and then he left that program as well it was around this time that Tennessee was looking for a football coach and I had a colleague say to me well you got to go after Urban Meyer and I said no and he said why wouldn't you he's a proven winner he's won two championships at two different schools um why would you not or three I don't know how many he has and he's like why would you not want him to be your head coach and I was like dude if Tennessee hires Urban Meyer I will legitimately stop watching Tennessee football. I'm not kidding. I'll walk away. And he was like, that's crazy. You don't want your program to win. I was like, sometimes there's a few things in life that are a little more important than winning. And one of them is ethics and morals. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, is he a great coach? Sure. He is. Is he a terrible human being? Yeah. 100%. Like, you can't sit there and tell me, oh, Urban Meyer's a good guy. No, he's not. No, he's not. You can't. 
I mean, that is, I know we give Nick Saban crap because all he cares about is winning, but Nick Saban, like, will discipline his players at some point. I'm certain. I, I, don't, I don't think, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, man, but there's no murderers that went to Alabama and played under Nick Saban. None. So, you know, yep. it's Point hard made. to defend yourself, Urban Meyer. It's really hard to do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's tough. Uh, and it's not like, I don't know. I watched, the, I watched an Aaron Hernandez documentary, and it's like he was a decent person before he went to Florida, and then he went to Florida, and it all went downhill. I was like, well, who was in charge there? You know, all you know, signs point to urban development. Urban Meyer. So urban development. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was fantastic. Okay. We need to get out of here because yeah. that was that was a perfect way to end the show. <laughs> um yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Uh listen, next week you're gonna get either a very happy show or a very depressed show. One yeah. or the other. <laughs> We're going to continue to chip away at, at like, uh, the, the time as well, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get it, better. It'll come down. But, you know, this one was just because I had to put that Florida hate segment at the end. We did pretty well until that part. Yeah, we did all right. Um, so, all right. Well, you guys enjoy your college football weekend, your NFL weekend. Go Vols. Florida can go straight to hell. And falls by 50. (laughs) Falls by 50. We're out of here. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, Please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Scoreboards.